Before you dive into this exciting episode, I'd like to let you know about the Squash Playbook, your tactical blueprint for success. The playbook is written based on the most common solutions I have given to the people I coach over the last 20 years. It is the ultimate how-to guide for any squash fan, and you can grab a free copy right away by visiting squashplaybook.com or clicking on the link in the show notes. Are you freaked out by that hard-hitting hacker? Frustrated with running out of ideas against the relentless retriever? Want to close out matches more clinically when in the lead? Or do you need some mental tools to overcome bad calls by referees? These answers plus many more have been brought together all in one place for the squash community. The Squash Playbook is a practical toolkit that breaks down over 40 scenarios that are most commonly faced on the court. Each scenario provides the psychology and the strategy needed to get a positive result. Each chapter wraps up with the top six key points to keep things simple and practical. The aim of the book is to transform reactive players into proactive tacticians. I focus on breaking down complex situations into straightforward, effective strategies for those high pressure moments in a match. So why not grab your copy now and step onto the court next time with a clear head and a set of strategies to win those matches you know you're capable of. Please enjoy the show. Mindfulness, a brilliant topic, a topic that I'm fully invested in. It's a topic that I've been researching for a while now. I could probably talk for hours about this, but Bart, I want to extract your knowledge on mindfulness. Um, so when we bring this topic to the table, uh, when we talk about performance and high performance, and maybe we've got this 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 kind of culture of sport of like, yes, we've got to win and we've got to look like the Hollywood Rocky kind of punching the air. But actually, I think mindfulness might really lend itself to high performance sport. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's 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 funny. It's great to see your the smile on your face when mindfulness starts. So it's really your topic. I feel. <laughs> um, like I mean, I think it's first of all important to 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 make clear what mindfulness actually is. So so I'll just for me the simple conclusion is do one thing at a time. Like but just actually really one thing, mm-hmm. which means your body and mind are focused on one thing at the same time. Uh, is it important? Yeah, definitely. I feel like the. I always look at like the best performers out there. So for example, Roger Federer in tennis or Max Verstappen in, in Formula One or uh, uh, darts, by the way, is for me a very interesting sport because it's very, very mental, basically. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel that all these extreme top performers are super concentrated, super mindful of what they're doing. So they're really focused on doing this one thing at the same time. So body, mind are aligned into this activity that I want to get 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 going. Yeah, totally. And and I think um you know, sometimes yeah, the Hollywood movies, like I said, don't really promote mindfulness in that sense. They promote the kind of the the, the Hollywood punching the air version in that sense. So um when it comes to practicing mindfulness or getting it if an athlete now is listening to them, oh yes, mindfulness, it's it's a part of my life that I I don't have. What where where can you start to give people tools or signpost them towards mindfulness, do you think? Yeah, I think I think in, in the first uh, the first realization is is that you're never mindful. I think that there's only like a very minority of people who are actually mindful. So I think the most <clears throat> important thing is for people to realize, hey, I'm never mindful because when I'm driving the car, I, I'm still looking on my phone whether a message came in or whether I'm if I'm on court, I'm still thinking about my last shot, which is not you know one thing, or if I'm talking to to my my girlfriend i'm already thinking like what am i going to eat tonight or mm-hmm. so 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 i think the first step is to realize jesus i'm actually never mindful never mm-hmm. there was maybe an interesting the, study yeah, sorry, okay, go go for, no do you go first yeah so like like i said maybe the only time we're mindful is when we're actually doing a meditation or something because otherwise 
Yeah, you're all over the place, basically. Mm. Well, there was a study in 2010, I think, a Harvard study, Killingworth and Gilbert, if I recall, where they it was like a real kind of peer-reviewed in-depth study on this. And what the result came out was that our mind wonders 47% of the time. So almost half of our life, our mind and our body are not in the same place at the same time. And that's yeah. crazy to think about, isn't it? Like, like 47% of the time, we're not in the moment. And think about that. Think about your normal day-to-day life. If you're unaware of your present moment 47% of the time, when you step into a performance environment, are you just expected to flick a switch in your brain that all of a sudden says, oh, forget that 47%, I'm going to be 100% mindful. No, it doesn't happen, does it? So, yeah. you know, the, the kind of the whole idea is, can we practice mindfulness in in day-to-day moments, day-to-day interactions? Um, do you do much? Do you practice much mindfulness yourself? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, practicing mindfulness is is uh, it's just day-to-day stuff. Like, for example, when I start driving the car, I mean, I, I don't succeed always. Uh, I mean, uh, being a mental coach doesn't mean you're a holy person. So I'm still <laughs> like very human. <laughs> So, so I try to switch, like switch off my phone on not dis- don't disturb. For example, um, sometimes I tend to switch off music in the car just to be like driving, period, and nothing mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, well, yeah. So, so, so it's a day to day thing. It doesn't have it to is. be something very spiritual or like I'm doing meditation and breathing or whatever. It's just like just do actually one thing at the same time and realize this is never happening actually. Mm. But then. Um... Going back a step, uh, the question I have or the question I'm I'm always wrestling with myself is how do we get people to actually remember to do it? Like I think mindfulness, it's a very easy thing to actually do, right? It's mm. the remembering. That's the hard thing to do, isn't it? It's the remembering to be in the moment. Um, and self-awareness comes into this, like being self-aware, knowing yourself at a deeper level, metacognition, which is thinking about thinking. It's, mm. uh, you know, any thoughts on 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 how you get people to remember to do it? I mean, for me, there's two options. Like first, like two things. First of all, is like uh, you need, like I think, rem- like I, I think you're 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 actually pointing at being aware of the fact that you're not in the moment. Like it's remembering feels like I'm remembering a hist- a, a, a memory, right? Like being aware of, like it's just like simply asking the question: Am I mindful right now? And then you can you stop doing what you're doing and you say, okay, am I mindful not right now? Oh no, mm-hmm. I was thinking about this or while watching my phone and my colleague came in so and, and and the moment you ask this question is 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 the only time that you're actually truly mindful ah, mm. no i wasn't mindful i like that and, and i think second of all i think it's it's what's very important for our brains is that we need to have some gains of being mindful you know like if if, if i know i got a lot of gains from it then i'm more inclined to use it because it makes me better off so i i feel like it's very important to realize that whatever percent of your attention is not focused on the activity is just lost energy in a sense that if you're going to run a marathon on one leg, you know, basically 50% of energy, well, obviously you're not going to be that fast. So if, you, if you're able to use both legs or 100% of your energy, yeah, your performance is going to go through the roof because you you have so much more energy and concentration to your, to your um, how do you say that? Like Your activity you're doing, yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. so if, if people feel like, okay, if I'm normally wandering off, like my brain is in another space than my body is, then I lose 50% of my, my performance, basically. So mm. if they realize that being mind and body in one place makes me gain 50% of, the, of my efforts, then it's definitely worth looking into it. Nice. That, yeah, that's a great, great, great way to kind of encourage the gains of mindfulness. Um, 
And obviously meditation, it's a huge part of mindfulness breathing technique. So there's, there's obviously nothing wrong with those more formal practices. And I, the, the research I've done, there's a balance to be had. It's great. I had my 10 minute meditation this morning, but a lot of people do like a 10 minute meditation and go, yes, I'm mindful for the day. And they just go about their whole day and only 10 minutes, 24 hours later, they re-tap into it. That's not that it's okay, but it's partly the formal practice, but then the micro meditations during the daytime. Micro meditations, what you said, if you're mm -hmm. changing from one activity to another, or you're asking yourself the question, am I mindful? So where do you sit in regard to the formal and then the kind of informal day-to-day -day stuff? Both are important, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, like like I mentioned in the in the previous podcast as well, it's like um, it, for me, it always depends on the person because there are some people who say, "Oh, meditation that's not that's not my cup of tea." You know, it's like that's not something I want to involve myself in. So if that's the, that's the case, then fine. Then they'll just stick to the mini meditations mm -hmm. um, or the micro meditation. I don't know how you call mm, them. Yeah, micro. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like if you ask me personally, I think I think they they are a great foundation. They, they provide the foundation on which you can do the micro meditations during the day. So because exactly. if you're doing the meditation, you're actually really focused on being mindful. Mm. And if you do that like every morning, every evening, whenever you take time for that, then all the other noise of, 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 of phones, of work, of friends, of family, are they just drop off and you just have this, ten, in your case, 10 minute foundation, which I take, like, which I take with me during the day. So I already have a, a heightened mindfulness, a heightened awareness which fades fades away obviously but it's it's a great foundation and built upon this the micro the micro the micro meditation micro meditations yeah <laughs> micro meditations. it's a word i came up with so if no one else <laughs> uses it we're going to use it <laughs> yeah so that that's something you can do on top of that yeah, but i think yeah, yeah. if you have the foundation there it's it's much it's much easier to keep that going mm. and then you just mentioned it and this is definitely a rabbit hole i think we want to go down phones, TV, distractions, YouTube, Netflix, uh, you know, we, we live in a world of just con continual bombardment, don't we? Like everything wants our attention right now. And then we feel we have to give it our attention in this exact moment. And when they've done brain scans and studies of this crazy stuff, like I think something like 25%, your IQ drops by 25% and your productivity drops by 40% when you change a task. Because say you're emailing and you look at your phone for a split second, it drops by 40% productivity. It's crazy. But- yeah. We're, we're so used to it. We, again, me, you, everyone, but again, thinking about teens and it's, it's, it's a big problem, isn't it? I, and I don't want to sound like an old Luddite who's saying no technology. That's not what we hear because people listening to this are listening on technology. How do we get this balance right? Because this is such an ongoing push and pull, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, uh, I think I read somewhere like the, the addiction for phones or, or like any screen, basically it doesn't matter whether it be TV, computer, whatever. It's it's as addictive as, as sugar or cocaine, for example. So it, mm -hmm. we, I think, yes, I'm very happy to have a phone and be able to call my mom, who's like in a different country. Um, so so there's a great benefits to 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 phones, etc. But I think we always always overlook the fact that it just makes us addicts. So for me, especially in performance in sports, the amateur or professional doesn't matter. It's basically just like 95% is just a distraction. Obviously, the tools of being able to watch back a match you've played or those kind of things are great. 
but but the rest of it is just it's just a distraction it, it like you said it, it makes our productivity go down so far that mm. I'm, I'm when when it comes to training or to matches get rid of that stuff all all in all together yeah 100 percent. and there's there's a great book or a great series of books by cal newport and one particular well two um deep work and digital minimalism those are his two big books and yeah he's basically proposing the idea that the modern workforce has lost the ability to focus. It's like it's going to be one of the most sought after skills in the modern workforce, the ability to be 90 minutes in one task and not be flitting around to loads of other things, a few emails here, WhatsApps there, social media here. And um, it is, it's, if we're talking about getting better in your sporting environment, like, yes, we want the body and the mind in the same place at the same time. And that's not just something, like I said before, like it's a light switch. It's Surely it's something we need to train the neural pathways in our brain. That's why we're having this conversation to be able to get that bit by bit. Um, but you do mention something that, you know, talking about this in training, maybe slightly, you know, starting with small time periods. So how can you bring mindfulness into training and or into performance now as well? So there's probably two little questions there. Yeah, I mean, I mean it starts, for, like for me, it's not, it's, it's something very very simple you know like i see players for example squash players entering my club and and they're still on their phones and then they do their warm-up and after the warm-up they're still on their phone and not for a match but just for training and i would say like when as soon as i enter the club as a stupid example switch off your phone put it in your bag don't look at it till you finish practice and when i mean when i mean what i mean with finish practice means when i finish my training when i finish my stretching when i finish my showering and then when i leave the club or when i Maybe then I need to do something on my phone or schedule a new appointment. Then I'll switch it on and start looking at it. So the whole, the whole process of, of training, which includes changing yourself, warming up, cool down, stretching, etc., showering. The whole process of, of 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 doing your performance is is without a phone, for example. Hmm. And, and that's and that's so rare to see these days, isn't it? Like, and we're not just talking kind of youngsters. We're talking, you know, people in my club, you know, 50, 60 year olds, you know, they're coming in, they're busy kind of doing their last bit of scheduling, quickly get their racket out the bag, go on. And then all of a sudden they're too loved down and they're thinking, well, why am I playing so bad today? I'm like, well, there's a correlation right there. Isn't there? It's like, you yeah. know, the mind is not there. Yeah. And I feel like for me, it's like, I think what's great that you mentioned is like, it's, it's, it's going, it's, it's, um, uh, what's the word again? It's a, it's an addiction through all generations by now. I mean, yeah. we're a bit older, so we've seen phoneless generations, so we know what life is like without them. Um, but still, we're probably almost equally addictive as the youngsters. Hundred percent. What, what for me, like besides sports, is like if if I'm if I'm always not mindful or always like my phone is next to me or, or distracting me. The moment I come back home from work and I sit at the dinner table with my wife. How am I ever going to be able to have a, <clears throat> a decent conversation if, first of all, my phone is still like switching on and off and mm. my mind was never in the same place I was during the whole day. So my mind will be wandering off in this in this quality time I want to spend with my wife or my kids, for example. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, I'm not going to say the percentage because I don't know it, but there's there's another study done. Um, just purely on the phone vibration in your pocket. So, you know, if you're doing a task and the phone vibrating, you don't even look at it, everything also drops because you just know your head, your mind has just gone there for a splitting. Oh, could that be so-and-so? Is, is that a notification from something I sent out earlier? So, you know, even, and and then I don't know if you've experienced I have the phantom buzz, the phantom phone buzz. Yeah, like you yeah, convince yeah. your phone's buzzing and you check it and there's nothing there. It's like crazy, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Or, or like just the, the fact you go out of the, you go out of your house and then you forgot your phone. And like the first emotion is like a, 
kind of like a yeah, panic. <laughs> geez, how am I going to survive the day without a phone? So, I know, so that already yeah. shows. And, and I mean, I don't want to talk too much about phones and stuff, but just no, in general, no. you see that this is, and, and this is the for me the biggest issue or problems our society now has with regards to stay, to getting some kind of mindfulness going is that this inhibits phones. Uh, TVs, computers are, are the main inhibitor of, of being of us being mindful. Yeah, 100%. And yeah, like, again, we're not here to bash technology, but it's going, how can we let technology work for us? So if you're going to use a phone, maybe you log on and listen to a meditation that could be all listened to like a like a self-help podcast obviously people are listening to, listening to this right now so there we go um, yeah. and then maybe final bit on on mindfulness uh bart mindfulness in a high stakes situation so you've got your athlete performing um could be like you know final of a world open whatever it is and you know what like they're either dwelling on the past or they're forecasting to the future how do you help athletes get mindful in the moments of high stakes yeah, I mean, I think I'm not sure. I think you mentioned it in the beginning already. It's like I I can't expect myself to be concentrated. Like high stakes situations are the most the most difficult ones to concentrate because there's high stakes. Um, so I can I cannot expect myself or my athlete to be fully mindful in this challenging situation if he's not practicing it on a day to day basis. So I feel mm-hmm. if you want to being being mindful in those situations is simply the result of practicing or training this muscle for the whole year yeah. for example uh, maybe a nice example is if i see when 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 paul calls training at my club and i see how he performs his his training the amount of concentration and or mindfulness that he puts in is if if you focus just on this part and not not on what he's doing on court or whatever he's doing if i if you see how focused he is compared to let's say uh, any uh, almost, almost any other player You'll see that that in daily practice, it, it's for him. It's uh, yeah, it's something. It's a given. It's something mm. I'm used to doing. It's normal for me, basically. Mm. So in that sense, it has to be something in your daily routine. And and I don't want to, like to to be clear. Like I don't want people to be forcing themselves to be mindful twenty four seven. Let's just start by tiny bits. Like okay, for the next, I'm gonna do a stroll outside for fifteen minutes. I'm gonna leave my phone at home and I'm just gonna do a stroll. Or I'm I have this car drive of five minutes from 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 my home to the club and I'm not gonna put on music and I'm not gonna watch my phone. I'm just gonna drive. You know, mm-hmm. just so start with tiny tiny bits to train this muscle slowly, 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 and then you'll you'll reap the benefits because it makes you so much more happy. And and if you feel the rewards are coming in, the happiness is coming in, then it also makes it easier for you to be more disciplined because you feel that it, yeah, it it gives you something. hundred percent. It's, you know, we're, we're just inputting stuff into ourselves all the time, aren't we? Like, like, and we, we've lost the skill to not do that. We've lost, lost the skill to be bored actually. And there's, there's a whole big concept on actually how boredom is, is really good for creativity and productivity and all this stuff. And again, just on a very personal note, um, every, every maybe second or third weekend, I do a good old 48 hour um, detox Saturday morning, send my last WhatsApp at about nine o'clock and don't turn the phone on until Monday morning, nine o'clock. It's not easy. The first couple of hours, you're kind of, you're itching, but man, by the time like Sunday comes around, it's, it's like you said, it's peaceful. It's content. It's happy. And all the problems that I thought I needed to work out, either end up working themselves out or they're not that important by Monday. It's kind of like, it's it's a really interesting thing in that sense. Um, yeah. Anyway, not going to get too personal on that. Um, but Bart, listen, really good deep dive into mindfulness. Um, like before, if there's a little bit of a summary or final message or, or something you wanted the users to just take or the, use the listeners to take away from, what could you say about mindfulness? Yeah, I think that the most important thing is like realize that guys, you're never mindful because you're never doing one thing at a time. Either 
either you're watching your phone and uh, doing Netflix at the same time, or either you're working and watching your phone at the same time, or either you're working and listening to music at the same time. And if that's not the case and you're actually doing just one activity, then you might be doing the activity, but your mind is somewhere else. So e either if you're not involved into two, two uh, if you, even if you're not multitasking, then still having your mind and your body aligned into the same activity is like almost never the case. So I think that's for me, the realization that you're never doing this is the first step. And then obviously traditional methods like meditation can help. But for me, it's also, it doesn't have to be, like I said, very big, just start with very small things like five minutes put your phone away for five minutes, do a stroll. So like the small things and see how it affects you, how it makes you feel and from take it from there because then you have some, yeah, some positive feedback from your body as well.